My wife and I recently bought some new shoes. To be clear, we each bought our own pair. We did not buy a single pair to share between the two of us. That would be neither aesthetically pleasing nor practically comfortable. Although, come to think of it, I do remember reading a short story in high school about two older men who had both fought in a war. One of them lost his right leg and the other his left leg, and every year they would meet at a shoe store and buy a pair of shoes to split between the two of them. But I digress. Isn't it striking, when you really stop and think about it, how many different kinds of shoes there are? Of course, there are many shoes that serve more for fashion than for function, but I want us to think particularly about the different uses for which we have shoes. There are shoes that have comfortable soles and waterproofing that are good for hiking. There are shoes with steel toes that are suitable for working in an industrial or construction setting. There are shoes that slide on and off easily for casual situations. There are shoes that are specifically designed for a particular sport like baseball or soccer or golf or cycling or even something like ballet. And on and on the list goes. I want you to think about that as I read from Ephesians 6, where Paul describes the third piece of the armor of God. This is from Ephesians 6, verses 14 and 15. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And then this is the third piece. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. As we've been examining some of these different pieces of armor, I've tried to stress that we should not think too literally about them. But it's interesting that Paul links these metaphorical shoes with readiness. This piece of armor, the gospel of peace, is not merely an adornment that we put on for show. It is essential to our readiness, our preparation for the battle that we are to face. One of the greatest Christmas movies of all time, of course, is Die Hard, starring Bruce Willis. And part of what adds drama to the action in that movie is the fact that Willis's character, John McClane, finds himself without shoes. The building he's in is being attacked by terrorists, and he's running around barefoot. Of course, he gets the job done, but it's not the ideal circumstances. Soldiers, ideally should have shoes that will enable them to stand firm. And the shoes that Paul tells us to fasten on our feet is the readiness given by the gospel of peace. I want to pause there for a moment and let you just soak in the fact that one of our pieces of armor with which we are equipped for spiritual battle is peace. More specifically, it is the gospel or good news of peace. An essential aspect of our preparation for the battle we are to face is that we must be equipped to proclaim an announcement of peace. Let me draw out a couple of takeaways from that. First, it needs to be said again and again that our battle is not physical, it is spiritual. And we are not waging war against fellow humans. We are called to declare an announcement of peace. Our aim as followers of Christ should never be to attack others. Certainly that's true physically, but it's also true figuratively. Our calling is not first and foremost to win arguments 
or to bludgeon people with truth. It is to humbly and firmly proclaim to others the peace that God has purchased in Christ. That leads to my second takeaway. Do not gloss over the fact that we are to declare peace. Of course, as Paul says elsewhere in this same letter, Christ himself is our peace, meaning that we can have peace with one another by virtue of our common union in Christ. But it also must be said that Christ was born and died and was raised in order to secure peace between sinners and a holy God. Listen to what Paul says in Colossians 1, verses 19 and 20. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. In the verse that follows, Paul makes it clear that the peace Jesus made by the blood of his cross is not only among humanity, but between humanity and God. He says in Colossians 1, verses 21 and 22, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. So when Paul says in Ephesians 6, that we need to have fastened onto our feet the readiness given by the gospel of peace, he means in part that we need to be prepared to tell anyone who will listen to us about the way God has made for them to be reconciled to Him. And perhaps today you need to be reminded of this yourself. If you are in Christ, there was a time when you were, to borrow Paul's God-inspired words, alienated from God, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. But through the blood of his cross, Jesus secured peace, reconciling you to God in his own body by his death. If you are not in Christ today, this is what God offers to you. He holds out this promise that if you will put down your hostility and surrender to him, he will receive you into his own family as one of his own. One of the most beautiful ways I've ever heard this truth articulated is actually in a children's book called the Jesus Storybook Bible. In the story of Noah's Ark, the author Sally Lloyd-Jones describes God's promise of the rainbow in this way. She writes, And like a warrior who puts away his bow and arrow at the end of a great battle, God said, See, I have hung up my bow in the clouds. And there in the clouds, just where the storm meets the sun, was a beautiful bow made of light. It was a new beginning in God's world. It wasn't long before everything went wrong again, but God wasn't surprised. He knew this would happen. That's why before the beginning of time, He had another plan, a better plan. A plan not to destroy the world, but to rescue it. A plan to one day send His own Son, the Rescuer. God's strong anger against hate and sadness and death would come down once more, but not on his people or his world. No, God's bow was not pointing down at his people. It was pointing up into the heart of heaven. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Henderson Baptist Church. If you'd like more information about our church, you can visit us on Facebook 
or check out our website, hendersonbaptist.org.